On this episode, I interviewed Jared Hoare, who is the Athletic Performance and Rehab Coordinator for the South Sydney Rapidos. The main topic of this podcast was field rehab sessions, uh, progressions, etc. So we first started talking about Jared's stint in the U.S., uh, his background, uh, how he came over here, how he came about his job uh, in the NRL. Uh, we then started talking about the general overview return of performance process at the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So how it goes, who's involved, etc. We then talked about the stages that they go through, how they progress the volume and overload the athlete in the field and gym setting. We then talked about the utilization of GPS within these uh, field sessions, how he integrates speed, how he structures the week and the day of a field session. Uh, how, and then we t- talked about the integration back into training. So how do they determine when they go back into training, what they do when they first get back into training, and then how they go full into training and games. And then we finally touched a little bit on the um, control to chaos continuum, how they um, vary this controlled setting into a chaotic setting, getting back into the uh, return to performance and full training. So great episode. Here it is. Welcome to No Weak Links with Patrick Wood. The purpose of this podcast is to help you learn up-to-date, evidence-based content and knowledge through your life experiences. This podcast is perfect for athletes, strength and conditioning coaches, rehab professionals, or anyone in the sports performance or sports medicine industry. So please, have a listen, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Noic Links. I'm your host, Patrick Wood, and today I have on Jared Hoare, who is the Athletic Performance and Rehab Coordinator for the South Sydney Rabbitohs in the NRL. So thank you very much for taking the time to be on. Uh, Jared, if you want to just first give a quick overview of, uh, I guess, background on yourself, your journey, as uh, it's a little bit of a unique one, especially with the U.S., etc., uh, then we can kind of go from there. No worries, Pat. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, currently at uh, South Sydney, like I said, the Athletic Performance and Rehab Coordinator. Um, Originally from Rockhampton in, in central Queensland, um, so went to university there, did my undergrad there, um, was kind of like a, a fringe state league player, I guess, so was never quite fit enough or big enough to, to get to that level, but I think that was probably the, the catalyst for, for getting into strength and conditioning. Um, did my undergrad at CQU in human movement science. Um, and then on the back of that, I did a, a grad dip in, um, education, um, cause obviously there's no, there's no exercise science, no human movement factory when you finish, um, degree. So you kind of have to branch off to something. Um, so I went into the education or as a high school teacher for two years. Um, but always kind of like in the background, the end game was always to get into strength and conditioning or that bit of a passion for it and obviously for sport and playing rugby league and stuff like that um, my whole life um, was, was pretty interested in, in getting that sort of things um, so when I was, I was teaching um, I kind of decided that I wanted to, to pursue a master's degree and I wanted to do it in, in the states in America um, probably the main reason being what there's just a bit more exposure to um, inter- integration with like an internship or assistantships um, in like collegiate athletics so um, I ended up I had probably like a list of half a dozen schools I was kind of looking at but then the one that, that stood out for a few reasons was Florida Atlantic University so they had a division one school so they've got division one football probably like 22 sports or something like that 
Um, they have a really good exercise science program. Um, and I was a graduate assistant in, in that program. Pretty much my whole time I was a student there. Um, so that, that was like taking, teaching shoots, marking exams, like helping professors, that kind of thing. Um, and while I was doing that studying and my assistantship, I was an intern um, in the athletic department. So in the SNC department there, um, work with, you name the sport, I work with like football, baseball, basketball, volleyball, swimming, golf, cheer and dance. We've got a really broad range of um, sports over there. Um, so that was the first 18 months over there, did that. Spent about six months doing some cashies. So I was tutoring. Um, I was personal training. I did some SNC for a high school. I got to a point where I was probably looking, and I was still interning with the, the athletic department. Got to a point where I was looking at coming home. Um, but I was lucky enough that they had a full-time lecturing position available in the, the exercise science faculty. So I took that up um, when they offered it to me. And, and from there, kind of, I'd, I'd built up enough of a reputation and um, trust and respect, I guess, in the strength and conditioning department in the athletics uh, center that they kind of gave me a few of my own teams to coach. So I was the strength and conditioning coach for beach volleyball um, and men's and women's tennis, and then again an assistant for the football team. Um, so I got, like, got to be on the sideline for games and that kind of thing, which is a, a pretty cool deal. Um, so I did that for two years, um, and then um, I was at the time my, my younger brother was playing um, rugby league NRL for the North Queensland Cowboys, and I just I had a bit of a relationship with with uh, Paul Bowman, who's the head of performance uh, up there. Um, beforehand, like he was doing an elite pathways job for the Cowboys, and I'd come and get some work experience whenever they were in Rockhampton. Um, my brother Sammy kind of asked Bear that if I was coming back home for Christmas, I'd saved up some cash so I could, hadn't been home for four years, so come home. Um, if I could do some professional development for a week there before Christmas. Um, it just worked out really well, um, like right place, right time. Um, Andrew Kroll was leaving the club to, to go to the QIS. So everyone else kind of moved up a rung. Um, so the, the elite pathways job was available and I'd made a good enough impression of, of being there for one week and, and seeing how those guys do things. They thought I was a good fit. Um, and Paul Green, Peter Parr and, and Beth offered me the job. So... I uh, went back to the States for about a month, just got all my stuff together and, and then that was that. That was the end of, oh, sorry, that was the beginning of 2017. Um, so 2017, um, like I said, I was a elite pathways S&C coach at the Cowboys, um, helped out with the NRL where I could and that was between 2017 and 2021 um, and then in November 2021 I took up the uh, athletic performance and, and rehab coordinator with South Sydney. So the uh, rehab strength and conditioning is the, I suppose, the, the, the role, but yeah, the official title, yeah, athletic performance rehab coordinator. So I've been there here for, what's that, eight months now, something like that? Yeah, perfect. Perfect. I think um, I've had a couple, quite a few Australians actually on that have, have done that similar route of going over there and um, doing an internship in the States. And, and I've actually had the Florida Atlantic current head of, uh, or head SNC for football on. So um, yeah, it's a lot of crossing paths there. But um, I guess, yeah, kind of b- building off of that, <clears throat> um, again, we've had a, dec- a couple of these on, on our rehab 
uh, roles in the past couple episodes, but uh, try to take a little bit different approach from it. So I guess at South Sydney and especially at some of the NRL levels, um, I'm assuming it's done relatively similar where each club has their own little bit of variance. But let's say a, a player comes to you injured. You, you have obviously each um, team has different staff, et cetera, and there's a different process. But what would the process between uh, the, the player go with which professionals and kind of how is that all structured when when a player does get injured what's people's roles how do they work together you know general overview and then we can get into the more of the specifics as we go yeah cool so at, at um at cs we've got a a really good medical and performance department so um like trav Toom is our head of performance um then underneath him we have like a sports scientist um strength and power coach and myself um plus a, a nutritionist and then on, on the more medical side of things, we obviously have a, a team doctor, chief medical officer, um, Eddie Farrah, the head physio, um, Luke Annesley, who's the, the rehab physio, and then um, Paulie, who's the he's the elite pathways slash NRL uh, physio as well. So if, with with the injured injured players, obviously everyone it, t- it takes a village. So everyone's got got a little bit of a role to play. Um, I suppose myself and Luke um, collab a lot together um, with, with that. So um, early, from early stage all the way through to, to return to play, um, myself and Luke kind of will sit down and, and chat about each player, um, depending on the injury, obviously um, what we can and, and can't do and, and move forward from there. Then I suppose the, the other big uh, relationships is between um uh, myself and, and probably our sports scientist Billy. So um, sitting down with him and, and kind of, and again we'll get into the weeds a bit, but but kind of um, reverse engineering um, some training and return to play stuff. Um, and obviously it's the whole time it's, it's kind of like a continuum. There's no like black and white like this is who does this now and this is who does that. Then it's very much like ebbs and flows along the way. So. Even when, when players are in that, that reconditioning and um, like performance running stage, I guess, like myself and, and Billy will kind of spend a bit more time with them. But obviously Luke's still going to be there making sure they're ticking boxes with their, um, their prep to train and, and their um, physiotherapy rehabilitation. So, um, And then on top of that, like we have um, a, a nutritionist um, who does a really good job of, of keeping players in check through that that whole period as well so any nutritional interventions we need for them um if we have guys with like facial fractures or things like that like giving them interventions and ideas to help them maintain maintain weight guys who are off feet like making sure they don't gain too much weight or or even lose too much weight so um yeah it's it's very much like i said it's a continuum it takes takes a, a whole team to get there and then all those, those kind of relationships I just talked about, I suppose the, the biggest thing with them is we all feed back to, to Trav. Um, so he's always on, got his finger on the pulse and knows what's, what's happening so he can f- feed that uh, forward to, to JD, the head coach. So Because um, he's obviously, um, he's a really big stakeholder, probably the biggest stakeholder we've got um, as far as like getting guys back on the field. Like he's, he's very good at... Um, letting us do our job he's not definitely not a micromanager he he says to us like everyone got hired for a reason everyone's there for for a reason so trust us to do our job um 
but yeah, once once we kind of know where we're at along the way, we'll feed that onto Trav, and then he can can feed it up the um, the totem pole as needed. Yeah, no, great. I think that that's a good summary of the obviously who is involved. Um, and so I think I guess the next part I want to move into is as, as you kind of alluded to there. Um, so what's how does this process go now? You got each person, each person has a role. How does the process go of developing this rehab plan for the person, especially in the you know elite setting? It's they're short a lot of a lot of time. You know you got you're pushing people back and getting them back earlier than than a lot of other you know in, in the general general world. So you know how do, how does all that work to get someone back at such high speeds and good and a you know quality service um I, I suppose the biggest thing is like i said that that early like that i, I personally like i kind of will divide it into like five kind of phases um so early on it's like a protection phase so luke's kind of taking the the reins there like with um with treatment and exercise interventions and stuff like that um but even in that early stage like i suppose um a big thing for me is is what what don't tell me what he can't do. What can the player do? Like, what can we work around? So obviously, guys with um, like upper limb injuries, like we can still we can work on our lower body strength. We can work on our core strength. We can work on um, like plenty of bike sessions and things like that. Um, we we kind of sit down and, and say like if we have like a um, again any any kind of injury, we look at the, a timeline. Like, what's a reasonable timeline for us? Um, and again, work backwards from there. So if we have a guy and we think oh, well, this this injury, this hamstring or whatever it might be, we can have them back in, in six weeks. So what what does our next six weeks look like? So when um, when can we start to, to get them on the field? Or even before then, like if, if we can't get on the field and run, can we do, um, when can we start doing just pure running drills, like whether it's inside or on the field with this guy? So we're we're always working on something that's that's getting them back to their goal of, of return to play. Um, from that kind of protection phase, we start to introduce some load. Um, so again, that might be on the field. It might just be um, getting on the field and doing some, some easy strides. Um, in the gym, it might be like a, a technical um, focus rather than a, a um, overload focus. Um, Focusing on, on like, uh, again, it could, if it's an upper limb injury, like, are we able to, like, um, lock ourselves in when we bench press? What's our, our if we've got a lower limb injury, like, where, what's our knees doing when we're, we're jumping and landing? Or um, even just, again, really basic things, like, what does my gait look like when I'm walking or, or jogging? Um, in that, again, when we get to that introduction uh, of load phase, um, if we can't run as much, so we might just be doing some light drilling, you know, or again, inside on the field, our off legs, um, conditioning kind of, is it, is it, pro- again, is it probably a primary focus for me? Um, because again, I won't, whether it's for, for weight management or, or for, um, purely for, um, conditioning aspects, um, that's something that we're going to have to have a focus on. Um, from there, we look at, look moving into an accumulation phase. So Luke's happy with how this guy's moving on the field. Um, they can run pain free. Um, they can move pain free. Um, they're pulling up the next day with like minimal soreness or um, 
feeling feeling good enough. So that's when we get into our, like I said, that accumulation phase, looking at um, increasing running loads, increasing um, our, our training loads in the gym. Um, probably that's when we'll start to introduce um, some more plyometric, maybe some really early days explosive type work, and then again progress through there. Um, and also at that um, that strength accumulation phase, we start to look at some some closed skills. Um, so working with working with the player as well. Um, so like talking to the player, like what are some things that you want to improve in your game? We've got we might have three or four more weeks before you're on the field back into full skill. What are some things that we can do right now that's going to make make you a better player um, and work around or, or help progress an injury? So um, if it's a if it's one of our spine players, it might be like in the able to after practice. I want to do. 50 kicks okay if it's a if it's a middle forward it might be again if if we're able to it might be i need to work on some some handles or some contact or something like that um it might be it even might be something as simple as and it really gets the players up when it's like hey today you're just going to warm up with the team you're going to be able to do all the skill in the warm-up um if there's like high speed movements we just pull them out of that because again um i think we're pretty good at collaborating between um like myself and luke um, Jack, Trav, um, and our, our, um, our skill coaches and saying, like, well, this is what the skill warm-up involves today. Um, player X, he's coming back from injury, so he can jump into all these or we just pull him out of this, whatever the case may be. Um, from there, we look at returning to train, so full integration into to the team, um, plus or minus some, some contact or plus or minus some <coughs> high-speed running. Um, so again, we, we modify as needed. Um, and then, like I said earlier, like myself and, and Billy, we might sit down and say like, hey, this, this week, this guy needs to, to hit 12, 12 Ks. Um, and we, at the end of training, if he's, oh, he needs another K and a half. So we're, we're tracking well for this week. Um, I'll come in with, with some running um, blocks just to, to get them to where we need to be. Um, usually at this stage, again, we'll, we'll go into a bit more detail, but like um, looking at, that, like I said, GPS metrics, um, trying to probably hit like 80% of, a, of an average week for, for these guys. So at, when they've still got maybe like two or three more weeks, if they're back into full skill, we'd hope with two weeks to go, they've, they've kind of been able to complete 80% of a normal week. Um, and then from there, again, if they can get through that pain-free, um, obviously testing markers and stuff like that are tracking well. Um, we move into like they just return to play. So full training, um, integrating in back into um, like general pop gym groups, um, plus or, again plus or minus um, some some modifications. So um, like guys with again, we've had some. Um, like back issues throughout the year, so getting guys to, to belt squat or, or Bulgarian squat, things that aren't going to load them axially as much. Um, and then, yeah, I guess once we get to that stage, it's kind of like uh, full noise and um, hopefully by then that they've shown enough like clinically on the field, um, they've hit all their markers, return to play markers, and um, they're free to go. Yeah, no, great. I think that... 
like it summarizes, like I said, the process really well, and I think now we can dive a little bit more deeper on each one of those. But I guess two two questions I have off of that are um, obviously with with off feet, a lot of times when they can't when they can't run, with a lot of lower limb, lower limb injuries. Um, how is do you have a progression or quantification of that of of, of volumes you like to hit, or how do you do that? Because that's something I I struggle with sometimes. Is all right, how much should they be doing and, and how do you progress that it's not the most fun thing for them so trying to change it up while still making it semi-scientific ish you know like how how do you how do you go about that the, the um yeah the the lower limb injuries one's always pretty tough um i suppose we're pretty blessed that um in the the professional setting we get um we've got like enough equipment to get by but um i think a, a really good resource for that um is uh eight weeks out by joel jamison um some really good, it's a, an MMA, um, kind of building an MMA camp basically, but he has some, some really good chapters in there about, um, different conditioning modalities and, and different, um, ways to condition. So even, um, with like a, if we have, again, if it's a, a guy who's got like a, an ankle or a knee injury, for example, and they're just doing seated skier, we might do a, a five minute, uh, or a, fifth, a five minute time trial on a ski erg or a 1500 meter time trial on a ski erg um, and use that score and just create some MAS blocks using that. Um, and again, can just progress that um, however we want, however we think that guy needs. Um, again, talking to the player, like some, some guys really enjoy boxing, some guys really enjoy like battle ropes. Some guys enjoy the pool. Um, again, we had, like I said, some some guys with some uh, back issues there, um, doing some like hypoxic stuff in the pool because obviously these the some, sometimes like again like we using the MAS kind of progressions on the the ski erg or an assault bike is really good, but sometimes these guys just want to feel like they've done something. So if we can like put on a heart rate monitor and say, well, hey, like. You're just going to box until your heart rate gets to this. So you're going to hold it for for X, and then once you've done that, rest until it's back down, down, and then go again. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of those things. I think in the what I've really found um, in the rehab setting this year, especially uh, obviously I've, when you're the elite pathways guy um, or, or a, a guy who works in, in a, with a state league team or a, a, um, a minor league semi pro team. Um, you kind of got to be a jack of all trades and, and that's probably one thing I've definitely found this year more so than in the past is like you've just got to get creative sometimes um, with that off-leg stuff, the off-legs conditioning. Um, so like another example is um, one of the dudes um, who had a, a shoulder reconstruction so he's, he's out for a while. Um, he spent the first four or five weeks, he's just about to start running again um, and he's just he's like got a watt bike account so every day when he's he's on the watt bike we can do like some of their pre-programmed workouts um and again just using using your knowledge and using your um acumen to to kind of pick and choose like are we going to do like an interval workout today or a a long and slow workout um talk again and and speaking to the athlete and what does he like what does he want to do um and, and kind of going from there so always I suppose you always want to have that um, that scientific reasoning behind a lot of the stuff you do, because that's that's what we do. But but at the same time, we we want to have make sure guys have a bit of fun, and because um, the the rehab 
spot can be pretty lonely and a um, bit of head noise going on there. Um, so if we can do some things that guys are going to actually enjoy or get up for, it makes life a little bit easier too. Yeah, no, for sure. I'll have to check that check that book out. And yeah, those are all good, great ideas that um, start integrating. So uh, with with that, I guess the next question I had kind of building off would be, um, or next thing I just want to focus on here, a lot of is, is the field, the rehab and the progressions on, on that. And, and then we can go into the gym as well. But, you know, you have that, you, the stages and then criteria, et cetera, for returning to that field and returning to run. I know it's, it's, it's impossible to say exactly because every injury is different, but do you have big ones that you focus on of, all right, this guy, you know, for sure, like we're trying to get these on our main injuries and obviously it varies on, on the other, you know, depending on the injury, but do you have some big rocks that you'd like to make sure you're hitting every time or is, or the most important things you're looking for? Um, I, I suppose there's no, like you said, there's no, no two injuries the same. Um, for like your longer term guys, um, if you, you like a, a guy who's like a, might be a two week turnaround from some hamstring awareness or something like that, it's a lot more kind of, um, play it as you, as you see it kind of thing. So we might say like, Hey, like he's, He's turned up okay today. Like, let's build up so the end of this week we're hitting some some max velocity type stuff. Or it might be um, like ankle injuries and stuff like that. It might be hey, he's moving okay in a straight line. Let's focus on some really easy change of direction stuff. And then the back end of this week we'll do a lot of integration of, of change of direction into our, our conditioning. Um, but generally, I, I suppose like the the first things we want to do. Um, with those first couple running sessions that, and Luke, the rehab physio, he'll, he'll generally um, steer the ship with his first two or three sessions. Um, just making sure guys can run pain-free, um, their, their gait looks okay, um, there's no, no awkwardness or, or anything like that when they're running. Um, even, even just spending that little bit extra time with some drilling, trying to find any energy leaks and, and little things like that early on. Um, from there, if, if they can do that successfully, like I said, pain-free, um, they pull up okay over the next couple of days and they can they can repeat um, that. Um, we'll really start to focus on probably just getting some volume in their legs. Um, so just really basic kind of, like I said, MAS progressions. Um, a lot of linear running early on, just again, um, Focusing on getting some some aerobic capacity back, um, getting getting some confidence back in themselves, um, and then, like I said, as we, we kind of move through our progressions, there we we focus on like our axel D cell numbers and our, our high speed meters. Um, always kind of like I said, we reverse engineering it, so we're looking um, if, like if we have like I said a, a back rower and they he averages fifteen k's a week. Um, on a, an average game week, for example, like I couldn't tell you if that's right or wrong off the top of my head, but um, what 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 do we need to do to get there? What do we need to do to get to his uh, high speed running meters? What do we need to do to get to his um, axial D cell meters? So, if we can run in a straight line, we can get some capacity there. Let's start to to try and open it up a bit and, and maybe get some some repeat effort, repeat speed ability there. Um, and then again, starting to integrate when we, we get into that, um, closer and closer to that return to play, um, phase, 
um, within our conditioning sessions, let's try and mimic um, the movements and, and modalities of, of what they do on a field. So integrating off the ground conditioning, integrating like a, a change of direction, um, integrating uh different speeds we're running at obviously if we're, if we're just doing MAS up and down the field like um, it's all well and good if you can run it five meters per second for, for five minutes for four or five blocks whatever it is but can you can you can you add in a high speed effort there can you change direction there can you move laterally can you move off the ground there so um similar to, to anything I guess um, whether it's skill training or, or um, reconditioning an athlete like we, we have to start really basic um, and monotonous um, and then again being creative where we can uh, to to get those guys ready to, to integrate into full skill so um, I hope that answered your question like getting getting from that that really basic like hey let's just do three sets of 60 three six three sets of six or 60 meter running um and then four weeks later we're able to get into like off the deck stuff integrating wrestle integrating um some some skill in there if we have to integrating some um cognitive stuff as well yeah no no that's 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 really good and i think uh or with those sessions too, so do you have, um, I guess, setting up a general one again, and then we go into the more specifics. So if, if you're planning one, do you do you have days where, I guess, again, early on, probably not as much because you're just getting them out there, but as it gets a little bit more progressed, do you have days when you focus a little bit more on acceleration, and then some days you focus a little bit more on change of direction, and then do you, do you set up a general session like you try and go through some drills first, and then you go through some these and then you go through your conditioning at the end or like how do you set up a normal day and then how do you set up i guess a week of focusing on things in general yeah 100 so it's probably like uh, like for, for me like i've found um and again there's there's a million ways to skin a cat um and everyone's got their own ideas but what i've really found uh works is if we have say we have an opportunity to run four times a week our, our first and let's for easiness sake, if we're towards that like return to train, return to play kind of stage, like late, late rehab, um, I'll basically I'll dedicate one day to, to each um, of our three big buckets. So we, between myself and, and Billy, like our three big buckets, and this is what again, um, as a performance staff, things that we like to to focus on, um, especially in the rehab setting when you get to 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 games and and team skills there's a bit more talk of density and stuff like that but if we can look at total distance high speed distance and their axle decel numbers um, all based off our gps um if we're in that that late rehab stage um reconditioning stage i'd like to dedicate one day to to high velocity like our high speed running so um it might be like, like i said repeat sprint ability um, it might just be some some faster, um, like even some longer tempo running where we're still going to be, even though it's a bit longer, we're still going to be hitting um, over our, our high speed meters threshold um, and it, get kind of all over the place. But talking about like Charlie Francis stuff, so like high days and low days. So if that's a high day um, and say that's a Monday, um, our next run might be on Wednesday and that might be our volume day. So that might be like, hey, this guy's, he's 
filled up his high speed bucket a fair bit. So let's back off on that and let's just go into some um, some more of our aerobic based conditioning. Um, it might be a, a good time where hopefully there's opportunities for skill um, or some some close skill environments. Even in that um, early re- or that sorry not that late reconditioning stage, we can grab one of the skill coaches to help guys out. If we have two or three guys who are at a similar level, um, getting the, the skills coaches um, to give them some some drills that we can incorporate into our um, into our conditioning reconditioning block. So it might be. Hey, we're going to do a five-minute uh, MAS block, and it, from there it might be, hey, we're going to go straight into a five-minute two v one situation, like just continuous two v one. And then on in our Friday might be our third running day. Um, we filled up our volume block, um, a bucket. So let's let's look at some Axel D cell. So can we change direction hard and fast? Um, if we're if we're able to do that, we'll, we'll spend some time doing that. Um, and then can we do it under fatigue? So doing some some up back conditioning, some repeat effort type conditioning, where we're using a lot of changes of direction over short spaces, um, because then we can really dampen our, our high speed meters. Rather than um, if we're doing like fifty meters returns, for example, like we're still going to be touching high speed quite a bit there. But if we go five back, ten back, twenty back. Um, the athlete isn't getting an opportunity to hit those, those velocities. Um, so that would be like a, an Axel D-cell type day. And then our, our fourth day, um, if we've got opportunity to run four days a week, um, that might be a day. So after that Axel D-cell session, um, I'll sit down with Billy, and our uh, sports scientist, and say, like, what do you think? Um, we'll have a look at their total Axel D-cell, total high speed, total distance for the week. And then that fourth day, um, it might be we missed a bit of Axel D cell here. Let's do a bit more of that tomorrow. Or it might be, hey, we need them to hit. They only hit eighty percent max velocity on Monday. Um, if they're going to go into full training next week, we want to see them like at least touch eighty five, something along those lines. And then back back to your question um, with our, the warm ups for all those those three days. Um, we're gonna obviously you have like your general movements and stuff like that, but if we're doing a um, a max velocity day, let's look at some some technique stuff. Let's look at some dribbles, um, those kinds of things on our um, Axel D cell day. Let's do some um, lateral movements, some really focus on our mechanics uh, when we're moving laterally, um, and let's focus on maybe our first three steps. Let's do some ba- stuff with bands, um, so we're getting like. Uh, projection and, and rise and stuff like that. So always, I suppose, thinking about what the day entails, um, that's going to dictate a big part of the warm-up as well. Yeah, no, that makes sense of yeah, breaking it up into those and then the last day is kind of making sure all the holes are filled if, if needed. And uh, it, it is, you know, if, if they are injured and not allowed to do training at all um, because of the injury, it's it's a decent chunk of time to fill up you know having to come up with you know if they're training for two hours they can't run for two hours straight so you're gonna have to figure out ways to be creative and go with that so um do you, like i said you you, you you talked about a couple you know those different drills and stuff do you have certain ones that you think are, are really important or ones you really like to use 
somewhere across those lines that you find that are your go-tos, I guess? Um, I, I, again, like when we get to that, that late stage conditioning, um, I think it's really important that players are, again, if we can do it with an extra athlete, um, it's even better. But I think it's important that um, it's not just running, like there's some uh, metabolic cost involved with like getting up off the ground, um, changing direction under speed. And, and again, probably have trying to put some high speed efforts on the back of some some running so um like in rugby league like it's i suppose like especially um in today's game like i think probably one of the by the general public but probably not by the people involved like kick pressure is probably one of the biggest um kind of attributes a middle forward can have i think um and getting those guys like the up up back up 10 back 20 kind of like mimicking um, a defensive set, getting off the ground um, under fatigue and then getting like a, a high speed effort in there to, to mimic like a kick chase or a kick pressure into a getting back on side type thing. Um, even like doing some mixed mode uh, conditioning. So it might be um, a, a 10 second MAS type effort. Um, and if they've got a partner there, you go from a 10 on 10 off run into like a, a 10 second um, wrestle um, or ruck control, I guess, kind of movement. So you're not just you're getting that that real physicality back into to it, instilling a controlled environment as well. So um, players aren't worried if they've got lower limb injuries, they're not getting um, like third man tackled and stuff like that. They're they're able to kind of dip their toe back in, so to speak, and and wrestle under fatigue. Same with like even like shoulder guys. Like if you've got guys coming off shoulder surgery or, or shoulder injuries, upper body injuries, being able to just work one-on-one with someone and, and wrestle under fatigue um, is something that I'd probably not take for granted, but it's probably something that they can um, really get a lot of confidence out of before they have to go back into to tackling like heavy moving objects. So... Um, yeah, I think in, in that late stage, especially like in that in that kind of middle, like that murky corner area where they're not quite ready for skill, but they're not like still on the the physio table. Um, things can get a little bit boring. But as, as like I said, as we we kind of um, get to that return to train, return to play stage, like hey, let's look at where our, our GPS metrics are at, and then let's get creative with ways we can tick those boxes. It doesn't have to be all MAS type stuff or whatever you might think and then um what are some other ways we can we can really start to get s- sport specific and, and add some kind of um collision or, or contact factors in there as well yeah uh with this will be a quick answer then we'll go into something else that i want to chat about but you know with those you mentioned you know trying to hit the different high speeds etc is there a general speed you like to hit before you are confident of them starting to integrate back into certain skills. I was going to, it's going to depend on the skill, but like, is, is there one you go off their feeling if they're hitting that, I'm pretty confident of them to start intro introing back into the skills. Is that one thing you have? Cause you know, like with a hammy or something, you know, they might integrate into skills, but then, you know, it's a bad pass and they accelerate hard or do, or, or have a quick run, you know, or it's not as controllable. So do you it's, have something? It's probably like it's probably position specific to be honest. Like OBs, you'd want them hitting pretty close to their max velocity. Um, like I, I'd say, like low to to mid nineties. Like if you can hit ninety two, ninety five, 
over over ninety percent is is probably good enough for for most OBs. Um, for your your forwards, especially your middle forwards, like they're probably never going to hit close to that in a game. I think still for peace of mind, especially if it's like a hammy injury, you'd like to see him hit like 88, 90 metres uh, percent uh, max V. Um, again, they're, they're never, if they're hit, if you've got middle forwards hitting above 90% or above 95% in a game, um, you're probably doing something wrong. But um, I think just, yeah, for, for peace of mind, obviously you want to be able to, be able to confidently say like yeah if, if this guy needs to sprint if he needs to open up like I've done enough as a, a the in the rehab setting that, that he's ready to go and do that yeah okay yeah that makes sense um, next well the with your GPS uh, you talked about reverse engineering your your plans do you have how do you you know how how do you progress and regress to that, especially with uh, obviously like looking towards a, a normal full week? I guess how do you reason through regressing backwards? It's going to differ a lot. I don't know these are hard questions because they're too general, probably, but it's going to differ a lot depending on on the the length of the injury. But you know how how do you build back? How do you build back with your top speed, your volume, your excels, decels, and general rules and things you go by to to really construct that plan? Yeah. So like obviously. Um like you said, it, it is a, a hard one to answer because it is quite general. But it's, it, again, it's going to depend on the injury. So, like if it's a if it's a guy with a hamstring or, or a calf injury or something like that, we, we want to kind of get some more um, some more numbers before we can go like, okay, look, let's let's have a crack at, at getting more high speed today. So, doing like um, jumps, Nordics, um, isometric testing. So whether that's on the force plates or um, using the Nord board or something like that. Like just getting as much data behind us as we can um, to, to be confidently say like, okay, like as we progress running, like if this guy's at um, less than 10% imbalance, um, let's, let's see if we can, we can touch on some high speeds this week. Um, and then obviously, like you said, reverse engineering it. It's probably just a case of like when we sit down as a, as a performance team and say like, hey, this um, this guy's going to be back in six weeks or 10 weeks, whatever it is, just working back from there and, and saying like, okay, so over this first month block, this first three-week block, all we're going to focus on is them getting meters in their legs. Um, we're not even going to worry about the, the Axel D-cell stuff just yet or the, um, the high-speed stuff. So... With, with those two those two buckets, I suppose what we'll we could do um, since we're not going to focus on them as a GPS metric, we might focus a bit more of our warm up on the those kind of things. So if we're just doing some some really generalized running sessions, it might be okay today. We're going to spend fifteen minutes before we or twenty minutes, whatever it is, before we start running, um, and we're just going to go through twenty minutes of drilling for for sprinting for max velocity and twenty minutes of drilling for change of direction mechanics. Um, so we're always, there's always some kind of a thread uh, in there for all those things. Um, and I suppose the, the biggest thing with, um, like I said, when we get those um, kind of ideas, we, we obviously have our drill library and, and use that to kind of at least have a, a guesstimate of where we're at um, because you never want to paint yourself into a corner. So we don't want to, 
um, go out there and, and day one we we blow up their high speed meters and then for the rest of the week we're kind of s- struggling to, to put together sessions where we're going to get enough meters um, without going too hard in the paint with the, the high speed stuff because we on Monday we messed up or for whatever reason their high speed meters was way over the top and, and kind of ruined us so um I suppose, like, I hope that, again, hope that kind of answers um, the question. We're always kind of looking at when do we, we want the athlete back, boy? And obviously that's going to be dictated by, like, how they're feeling and how they're progressing. Um, and then also looking at um, what's important for their position. So, again, if it's a, if it's a middle forward, like, hey, our high-speed max velocity stuff isn't as important as our change of direction and off the ground stuff. So let's not stress ourselves if, if the high speed meters aren't quite where we'd like them, if we can get these other things um, that are more important, if we can look after those. And then again, I think the, the other thing, like I said, we can't paint ourselves into a corner, but we also have to be flexible where we can. So um, being um, being willing and being creative enough to on the fly um, change things or sometimes the, the, it's like best laid plans kind of thing. So our, our plan might be, like I said, we might want um, like our total distance for the week, we might want eight, 8K. And then for whatever reason, um, the player was looking really good. So we're like, you know what, like, let's push them that little bit further or let's hold them back. So always kind of um, being flexible in our approach, but always kind of uh, looking to, to move move them in the direction we need to get it as far as like what does this positional positionally, what does this guy look like each week? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I, I know my questions are probably too general here, but I think uh, just seeing how you reason through now how you reason through it and how you um, kind of set up the general bit gives people even if you don't have gps you know you know as you said trying to get 80 percent previously and, and before you go into certain things and you know if their percentage of their max speed is you're never going to be able to measure it without you know gps but it, it gives some people ideas of kind of what you're thinking or what you want to hit before you progress or or allow them to do certain things yeah and, and like uh, yeah so sorry if you like if you don't have gps it could it could be a case of like hey like Luckily for us, GPS measures Axel Diesel, so we don't need to, to count turns and stuff like that. But if it was, uh, you have someone who's, who's getting back into that return to train stage or getting close to return to play, you might have to, like, when you're designing a, a conditioning block with change of direction, it might be like, hey, this week I want to have 50 changes of direction or I want to have 80 changes of direction. So you, rather than, like I said, if you can't rely on GPS, get creative or, or think of some other ways that we can... Um, measure those things and and put it put it to the test. So it might be like, hey, this guy, he had sixty changes of direction and he he was sore. So what do we need to do different next week? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, within rehab, obviously, it's it's not always you don't really know how many people you're going to have or who's going to be in there and what stage and what injuries. So it's kind of whatever's thrown at you, you have to deal with. So how do you deal with having you know so many well depending on the stage but you know you have such variability and so and you can have potentially a decent amount of people how do you manage or what are your 
things you focus on in managing all those and trying to, you know, integrate people together when possible, as well as individualizing as much as possible, as well as accommodating for everything without isolating. Like it's, it's, uh, you know, a lot going on there. So what, what do you try and do and, and to try to get all that together? Yeah, it's, um, it's very much a balancing act at times. Um, because you've got guys who are doing off legs training guys who are, who are running guys who are running and they're in skill as well. Um, so I think that the biggest thing is just having really great, like I said, we're lucky we've got a big team um, in our performance department and just making sure we're all on the same page, we're communicating well, um, understanding everyone's role um, and just like asking questions or just making sure, like I said, everyone's on the same page and understanding where we're at and, and where each player is at. So it might be... Um, we might have, if we have half a dozen guys in, in in rehab and they're all on the field, we might have two guys and, and Luke's looking after them because they're early stage rehabbers. And then there's two other guys who are running with me um, who aren't quite in skill. And then we've got two other guys who we know they're going to be in this skill drill and then they're going to be back over here doing some, some extra running. So it's just being organized and, and understanding where everyone's at. And then again, uh, being flexible. So having... Um, Having those guys, like if we've got guys who are going to be into the skill and then out, like planning out our rehab sessions around um, the skills block. So number one, you're not running yourself into the ground and and being a scatterbrain, but also um, just helps with the flow of of training for the the player. So that's, those are our our constituents. Those are the guys we're here to, to look after. So whatever I can do to make their life a bit easier like I'll try and do it so um, when I sit down and I plan my rehab sessions um, and then I'll have a look at what the, the coaches have in store for um, a skill the skill session all right and, um, Eddie and Trav like Trav head performance Eddie head physio um, they'll be in training planning and saying like player x is in this drill he's not in this drill he's in that drill not in this drill so I'll have a look at that training session, the training plan, and go, like, all right, so if, if this guy's in this drill, um, but he's out of the next one, um, and these guys over here in rehab, uh, they're doing their warm-up and then an extended um, technique warm-up. When we get to this third block, they'll all be in together to, to do their some uh, conditioning block. And then in that fourth block, I've still got these guys who are doing a bit of extra conditioning, but these guys are over um, doing... with. Uh, doing skills so I suppose just being really um, like I said being flexible being organized um, asking questions and not being afraid to, to ask questions and ask for help at times because we've like I said we've got a, a good performance team there and um, everyone there's like trust everyone there to, to be able to help out where, where needs to be so it might be like if if Jack's finished with the speed speed warm-up I might be like hey man like these two guys, like, and again, knowing everyone's expertise. So Jack, our um, strength and power coach, is really good with some, some speed mechanics and speed work. So I'm like, hey man, like these these two guys are, are going to do some max velocity stuff next week. Can you just take them through like a a ten minute block here of some just go through some wicket drills or something like that that's going to help prep them for when I get them to open up next week and um, just little things like that. Like nothing, nothing too outrageous. There's no secret sauce. It's just about 
um, having a plan and but also being able to be flexible with that plan. So it might be the I might see the skill session and it might be a, a case of like oh shit that doesn't work out with what I planned. So again, I'm I'm trying to look after the player as much as I can. So what can I change around to make the player's life easier? And if that means like if that means I've got to have two different stopwatches going at once or whatever, then then that so be it. Yeah, I think that's uh, you, especially with the rehab. You plan so much, but most of the time it goes completely different than you do. Um, so yeah, you spend so much time trying to figure out how to make everything work, and then you have to wait for the actual program to be let out to then even start to determine where you want to fit things in. Um, so it is a big uh, putting the puzzle together and. Uh, yeah, I guess being adaptive, like you said, is probably a massive, a massive thing for for the that that role. Um, I guess the last thing, really quick here, because uh, I'm kind of saving your time, integrating into drills. We talked about it a little bit. Um, you mentioned the, the control, the chaos, team, et cetera, things there. Do you? Um, I guess what are your main focuses there? What are you looking for? How do you want to? start to integrate because obviously you have contact you have you can wear bibs to to no contact you know there's a lot of things to consider there as well um what are some some things you you kind of look for there um like you said um there's heaps of things we can do there we i suppose early on um we want to get guys back into skills um in in some capacities as quickly as we can that's like responsible and safe um, so if we can get guys back um, into like early skills in the uh, warm-ups and things like that, um, and again, in a, within a training session, our first two or three blocks or first two blocks of, of skills might be um, low level, like it's a fixed play of the ball, um, it's no contact, it's just positionally guys getting right for attack and defense. So we might be able to... To say like sweet this this drill here is quite controlled like we're not there's no up and down the field like it's the same starting spot every time like we're comfortable um with this guy getting into going into this drill um no worries at all um obviously as we we move further and further into um or further and further closer to to return to play um the the contact is probably the, the biggest issue for most Injuries. Um, if it's a thing like a hamstring, like we might be like, you know what, like we're going to do a little bit of extra contact because we can manipulate drills where we can shorten things up. There's no high axles, no hard D cells. Um, obviously, you've got like the eccentric component when you're, you're getting into collisions, the isometric component there, but we might go like, yeah, no, this guy can, can really rip in. Whereas um, if you've got like a, a shoulder injury, it might be like, okay, like this guy's got to wear a, a the rehab bib for three weeks but then on the on the side um in between again it might be certain blocks we pull him out and we're like okay like he couldn't do contact on the field just then in that that environment because it was full go was like a, a, a an arm wrestle type type drill but we can take him aside and just go hey man like we're just going to do like controlled contact so every tackle you make six tackles on your right shoulder six on your left let's do that for a week and and you get confident in your positioning we'll we can even like start recording stuff with the an iphone and just 
in between reps, like showing them what they're doing good, bad, or indifferent, and then coming back and, and just repeating that drill, and then um, continually starting to build that up, like going from like letting the player know what shoulder they're going to use into okay, this time you're going to do a one-on-one tackle, you're going to do a one-on-one tackle, but you don't know which shoulder. And then it might be like uh, dual contact, 2v1, um, get your timing right with your, your teammates, or it might be like them actually getting tackled. So slowly kind of creeping things up that way and then eventually going like, okay, like let's go. If we have four training, four, four blocks of arm wrestle, four blocks of opposed, you're going to be in block one and block three and then in blocks two and four, we're just going to do some extra running and block off leg, not off legs, but like our game specific conditioning units on the side. So it might be half a block of running into some, some wrestle or some off the ground work back into um, the opposed session and then finishing off with some individual like running and off the ground or, or contact work. So I suppose the, the biggest thing is in that, that, um, collision stuff or the contact stuff is is it's horses for courses like a lower limb guys general a knee guys probably the exception to the rule obviously but if we're talking about like soft tissue and hamstring calf guys like okay we can get on the mats and do some stuff um if we need to um and then our um okay sorry our, our shoulder guys might be we get on the mats. Our, our lower limb guys might be like, hey, you're going to go into these drills here, but then on this drill where we've got um, it's kick chase plus two, like you're not going to do that drill because we don't want you doing a 50-meter kick chase just yet. So, um, again, just yeah. communicating between ourselves and the, the skills, the, the coaching staff, and be like, hey, like just letting you know like, this player is going to be in for this block, but he won't be in for the next one, just those kind of things. Yeah, no, thanks. I, th- I think um, I, I think that sums everything up really well. Of you know, starting with the general or general staff you guys have, talking about how you guys approach the rehab as a full set, and then breaking down, especially the field side of um, how you progress that volume wise, how you progress, how you set up the week, how you return to contact, how you or sorry, tune into training, and, and as well as um, integrating high speed and all that other stuff. So I think um, yeah, no, that's really good. Of main takeaway is obviously the team being adaptable as well as having that plan so i think yeah appreciate appreciate you taking time to be on um if you want do you have any even think of twitter eh? do you have any other other main sources that you want to shout out here for people to follow and I'll um twitter is probably the best one um for the snc stuff um i don't tweet too much i'll do a bit of retweeting um there's probably some bullshit on there as well so um, just wade through that but I think um, yeah Twitter's probably the best one LinkedIn I'm on there as well um, and then um, if anyone like wanted to reach out and any questions via email um, it's just jhor at rabbitos.com.au or uh, reach out on, on Twitter or probably Twitter's the easiest one to be honest because sometimes with uh, the work email things get um, get put in the spam folder so probably just if you have any questions about the rehab stuff or um, anything along those lines just get at me on Twitter I think it's Jorge88 at, is my Twitter handle um, I'm on the gram and stuff like that but I don't really post any any SNC content I think I used to have some videos of me squatting but that's about it <laughs> perfect well hey th- thanks again really appreciate your time and thanks for being on no worries Patrick thanks for having me man I really appreciate it 
Thank you for listening to No Week Links. If you'd enjoy the show and would be able to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that would be much appreciated as it would help the show reach more people. I also provide free strength and conditioning content and injury rehabilitation content on Instagram at Coach Patrick Wood, on my website, www.patrick-wood.com. All this information can be found in the show notes. Thanks for listening.